Well, good morning, folks. We are in a new series where we've been looking at your part in God's story. This is part three. And we've basically been doing an overview of the Bible this far and looking at our part in God's story. And if you haven't seen this series already, I really want to encourage you to just jump on our website and catch up with where we've gone already to get that overview and that understanding of what the Bible story is taking us all the way through and also where we can slot into that. And today we're going to be looking at the life of Moses. Now Moses had this amazing divine encounter with God, which propelled him from a place of failure into what became the most famous Old Testament rescue mission. And as we look today at Moses' story, the summary and significance of our life, we see that he was a young Israelite baby. Moses was miraculously adopted by the daughter of Pharaoh, and he grew up in an Egyptian culture. But we know that that Egyptian culture was really oppressive and took um, slaves from the Israelites and murdered them, did atrocious, horrible acts to them. And as Moses grows up, he knows that he, in reality, is actually an Israelite. And one day, seeing all of the destruction, seeing all of the oppression of God's people, passion gets the greater of him, and he ends up killing and murdering an Egyptian soldier who is actually beating one of the Israelite slaves. So Moses flees Egypt, and he feels like a complete failure. And he leaves his enslaved people behind, and he goes and lives in the desert in Midian. And this is where we pick up the story today. And the interesting thing about Moses' life is you can separate it into 40s. So the first 40 years of his life, he spent as a prince in Pharaoh's court. The second 40 years of his life, he, sent as, he spent as a shepherd in Midian, which is where we pick up the story today. But the third 40 years of his life saw him leading God's people out of Egypt towards the promised land and closer to that freedom that God wants for us all. So Moses' story is actually a real encouragement to every single one of us that despite our fear, despite our failure, despite our cautions, a curiosity of Moses causes him to lean in to God's plan for his life, causes him to lean in to God's presence, but also causes him to lean in for a cause. You know, every single one of us has um, curiousness sometimes. And that curiousness that we'll read about in a moment was what propelled Moses into an incredible divine encounter, which saw him move on from his failures and move in to an opportunity to be part of God's rescue mission for the whole of mankind. So let's read together Exodus 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? When the Lord saw that Moses had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush saying, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. 
And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of the slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up and out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hiviites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of God's Israelites has reached me. I have seen the way that the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So in this incredible holy moment that Moses had with God, we see that God does three things. Number one, he provides his presence in the form of this bush, this holy moment where he says to Moses, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And as he provides his, his presence, he then presents the problem. He shares with Moses what Moses already knows, that the Israelites are oppressed, enslaved people. This is a problem to God as he hears their cry. And then he proposes the solution. And what is the solution? That God is sending Moses into the very place of his past failure, into the very place of his past pain, to go and free the Israelites. Well, before we delve into that deeper, I want you to imagine a scenario with me. And don't worry, this is not a true scenario. I want you to imagine that a church is having difficulty making an appointment of a new leader. And as they're having a difficulty making the appointment of a new leader, the um, employee selection group stumbles across one last final letter. And the letter says this, it's my understanding that you have a vacancy and I would like to apply for the position. I can't say that I preach too well. In fact, I tend to stutter as I speak. I do have a lot of experience I could share with you since I am over 75 years old. I have only just recently had an encounter with God. And despite my initial resistance to the idea, I heard a voice which told me personally that I was the one to do ministry for you. One never knows when God will appear right before your very eyes. As far as people skills go, I do tend to lose my temper every once in a while. And I also tend to want to get things done my own way. I can get violent and it's, um, it's not taken care of in the right way. I once killed somebody. And since I know that you are gracious people, I know that you will believe me when I say that's all behind me now. I intend on showing up to you in a few weeks to lead you to a brighter future. Although I was reluctant at first to work with you, I still feel called nevertheless. And this um, vacancy application assigned Moses. You know, one has to admit that Moses doesn't sound like the likely candidate, does he? He doesn't sound like the likely candidate to receive a call from God. And he definitely doesn't sound like he's got the right stuff. What would you do if you had a divine encounter that resulted in an invitation from God to return to the place, the very place of your greatest failure, to then rewrite the story? Well, that in fact is what happened with Moses. And today, for us, and today through his life, against all odds, God is asking us to be part of his story too. 
Well, let's look at three quick points that we can take from the life of Moses that can encourage us in our own understanding about God's wider story through our life. Number one's point is this. Take the first step to get the next step. Take the first step to get the next step. We read here in Exodus 3 that when this holy moment happened and the burning bush started to happen, Moses thought, I will go over. I will see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And verse 4 goes on to say this, When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look. When the Lord saw. You know, God is waiting for our cooperation. God is waiting for us to be curious. I wonder, are we cautious or are we curious? Are we cautious or are we curious? Because we need to take the first step in order to get the next step. And sometimes from our own places of pain, sometimes from our own places of fear, sometimes from our own places of failure, we are overcautious to take the first step. But it takes a first step to get to the next step. And as Moses has this moment of curiosity where he sees that this bush is not, is not burning up, it's then from that place that God actually sees his initial step and then he calls out to Moses saying, Moses, Moses. You know, Walt Disney says this. He says the four C's of making dreams come true are curiosity, courage, consistency and confidence. The four C's of making dreams come true, says Walt Disney, are curiosity, courage, consistency and confidence. Now that's true of us on our own faith journey as well, that it all starts with curiosity. But you know, we can all too often get stuck in our to-do lists. We can all too often get stuck in our calendars to not have this kind of turning aside moment or I will go over and see what that site is. And I suspect what is true for most of us, that in the busyness of life, in the lists that are too long, in the calendars that are full and the time that is short, there's no time for us to go over and be cautious. But the curious curiosity of Moses and the inquiring mind he had to see this extraordinary sight allowed him to turn aside. And the truth is that there are many burning bush moments that we miss out on because of our overcaution, rather than our curiosity. I wonder, what is at the root of our cautiousness? Of course, sometimes it's right and it's wise to be cautious, but often our lack of curiosity is detrimental to our faith. Now Moses had 40 years of feeling like a failure. He's had 40 years of being a shepherd. But this curious moment is what sparks and this curious moment is what provokes this incredible kingdom story into reality. Where then, when Moses stepped in, but then when God said, Moses, Moses. You know, God needs our curiosity. God needs our curiosity, he needs our courage, he needs our consistency and he needs our confidence. Are we curious or are we sometimes too cautious? You know, the Lord is waiting for our cooperation. He wants us to take a first step, to be able to go the next step. I wonder if we look at the root of our cautiousness, if really we can question if that have, has any means, if it has any bearings to stay in that place for too long. 
I wonder what are the burning bush moments that are all around us where God's telling us to just come that bit closer, to lean in and see what God is up to. But if sometimes our overcautiousness stops us from being curious into the things of God. A 19th century poet, Elizabeth Barrett, says this. She says, earth is crammed with heaven. Earth's crammed with heaven. And every common bush is a fire with God. But only he or she who takes steps to take off their shoes. And the rest of us sit around and pluck blackberries. Earth is crammed with heaven. And every common bush is a fire with God. But only she, he or she takes off his shoes or her shoes. And the rest sit around and pluck blackberries. You know, it's an amazing quote that reminds us that the truth is, is that around our earth it's crammed with moments of heaven. And every bush is a fire with God's promise, with God's dreams, with God's signals that are sending to us saying, you can do something about this problem. And even from your lack of faith, even from your fear, even from your failure, I am sending you to do something about this. So number one, take the first step to get the next step. Number two, God's passion is bigger than your problem. God's passion is bigger than your problem. And there are four excuses that we read about today that Moses tried to give and it, as it came to a reality about God sending him. The four excuses, his problems, if you like, were this. Exodus 3 verse 11, but who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Verse 13, then God said, then Moses said to God, indeed, I have come to the children of Israel to say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And what will they say? What is this name? What will I say to them? What shall I say is this second problem. The third problem is found in Exodus 4 verse 1 and the familiar words of the what if, which every single one of us has. Then Moses said, what if they do not believe me? What if they do not listen to my voice? Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. And then the fourth problem, the fourth excuse, if you like, of Moses is found in Exodus 4 verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, but, oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow to speech and I am slow of tongue. You know, God's passion is bigger than our problems. God's passion is bigger than any excuses you and I could have. And the reality of our God is if he has led us to it, he can lead us through it as well. God's passion to rescue his people is bigger than any of our excuses, it's bigger than our caution, it's bigger than our fears, and it's bigger than our failures. And too many of us have either been disqualified or disqualified ourselves as a result of our what ifs, as a result of our who am I's, as a result of what shall I say, as a result of us feeling like we don't have the words. But here the story of Moses reminds us that actually that God's passion for the whole of his world is bigger than any problem that either we've created for ourselves in our sin, in our failures, in our fears, or other people have created for us. And in this burning bush moment, Moses' first step that then creates the next step, his curiosity, leads them into a dialogue in a moment where Moses has this back and forth with God saying, but I don't know, I don't know if I can do this. 
And here we see the bright, beautiful passion of God saying and pushing back to Moses all the time, I have an answer and pushing back to Moses all the time. It's not good enough that people are enslaved. It's not good enough that people are oppressed. It's not good enough that people are suffering. And I am sending you. You know, folks, if we're a people of faith and if we're growing to know this God, there are enslaved, impoverished people all around us where despite our fears, where despite our failures, God is sending us. We're qualified, not disqualified, to make a response because God's passion is bigger than our problems. And finally, number three, a thought to offer you today. Well, how do we do this? How do we apply even this into our own thinking, into our own failures, into our own struggles? Well, we need to give up what is in our hands. We need to give up what is in our hands. And Exodus 4 goes on to say this after Moses has had this burning bush encounter. It says, Moses answered, as I just read, what if they do not believe me? What if they do not listen to me? What if they say the Lord did not appear to you? And this is how the Lord answered him. It says, then the Lord said to him, what is that that's in your hand? What is that that's in your hand? And folks, if you go on to read Exodus 4, God is referring to the staff, the shepherd and staff that is in Moses's hand right then. But we know that Moses knew this staff. He understood that this staff was comforting and a reliable tool for him to be a shepherd for the 40 years that he did that job. But it was an old staff for an old season. And when Moses says to God, what if, what if, and all the what ifs we have, God gently replies back and says, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? And the truth is, many of us are carrying an old staff in a new season and wondering why it's hard. We're consumed by the what ifs. But God is calling us to throw away the familiar tools that we're used to have. The thing that we think that will get us through isn't always the thing that will. We're holding on to things that God has asked us to put down. And we're holding tightly because we believe that these things will get us through like they always have before. And the risk is that our need for comfort, our need for control, our need to want to be cautious sees us clinging onto the familiar that will only diminish the faith and only diminish the curiosity that God wants us to have in this season. Folks, we can't find a way in the new season with a tool from the past. It takes courage to give up what's in our hands. It takes courage not knowing what we replace with. But God is asking us to lead. God is asking us to trust in a new, radical, faith-filled way and in a supernatural way. And like Moses, we can feel scared. Like Moses, it can feel totally unfamiliar. But God provides his presence. He presents the problem. He proposes the solution. And then he offers a new staff. And what happened in the next part of this story is that God asked him to throw the staff on the floor and it turned into a snake. And only when Moses had the faith, when instructed by God to pick up that snake, did it turn back into a staff. But a new staff for a new season. This staff with Moses then led the charge of freeing God's people, the Israelites, into a promised land. This staff was used for miraculous, incredible, supernatural ways. 
So folks, today through the story of Moses, we can take heart and we can learn many things. But in these three examples, what I've offered, number one, we need to take the first step to get to the next step. There are some of us right now that are sitting in a place of failure. We're sitting in a place of fear. And God is asking us to take a first step and to let curiosity lead us in this moment. To take ourselves out of being overcautious and to step into curiosity. So number two, recognise that God's passion is bigger than our problems. Any problems, any excuses, any fears or reluctancy we may have can be absolutely smashed in a gentle way when God says, my problem and my passion for his world is bigger than any problem that we might have. And then number three, how do we do it? Well, we need to give up what's in our hands. The comfortable, familiar tools are not the things that will get us through this season, but the wide open faith and the risk that we take to be curious with God, to go on a faith adventure, to have a new staff for a new season is what will lead us through. So what is our part in God's story? Well, just like Moses, we can find ourselves in these incredible moments and burning bush moments where if we dare just to lean a bit closer, if we dare just to have a little bit of a longer glance, we too can find ourselves part of God's story where he is calling you, where he is calling I to step in. So let me read this one more time as I close in prayer. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, Moses called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Folks, there are burning bushes all around us demanding our attention. As that writer, the poet said, Earth's crammed with heaven, and every common bush is a fire with God, but only he who takes off his shoes, only she who takes off her shoes. Folks, let's take off our shoes. Let's recognise that God has holy ground for us to walk on, and earth is crammed with heaven. There are common bushes of fire everywhere, all we need to do is walk over. I want to challenge us all today, myself included, to step away from our caution and to step into a curious moment with God that grows curiosity, that grows courage, that grows consistency and confidence in the God that led us this far, will not leave us, will not desert us. This passion is bigger than our problems. And that as we give up whatever is in our hands, we can trust the unknown future to a known God who loves and cares for us. So Lord, we thank you for the story of Moses. What a life. And we have so much more that we could say about him, Lord. But in this burn and bush moment, God, help us to recognise that you too are calling us to step out of our excuses, to step out of our overcaution to step out of our fear and our failures wherever we've been disqualified and step up into your loving arms. God, forgive us for the times when we don't turn aside. God, forgive us for the times when we don't look closer at what you're up to. God, help us to have those divine moments with you 
where we are invited into your story, which takes our greatest failures and rewrites them into a place of your forgiveness, your redemption and your rescue plan for our lives and for those around us. Help us, God, as we pursue this today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.